0: I'll ask my brother to read for us James chapter 5 verse 13 to 18, the text that was just read, and then by the grace of God we'll move forward.
1: James chapter 5 verse 13. Any any among you suffering, they should keep on praying about it. And those who have reason to be thankful should continually sing praise to the Lord. Are any among you sick, they should call for the elders of the church and have them pray over them, anointing them with oil in the name of the Father, in the name of the Lord. And their prayer offered in faith will heal the sick, and the Lord will make them well. And anyone who has committed sin will be forgiven. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The honest prayer of a righteous person has great power and wonderful results. Elijah was as human as we are. And yet, when he prayed earnestly, that no rain would fall, none fell for the next three and a half years. Then he prayed for rain. And down it poured. The grass turned green. And the crops began to grow again. Amen. Amen.
0: Hallelujah. Brothers and sisters, this morning I want to minister, as I said earlier, on the topic, praying to prevail or prevailing prayer. Praying to prevail. I want to establish the fact that heaven has decided that the will of God should be firmly established on the face of the earth. And that the purposes of God will be made manifest in every culture, in every community and society on the face of the earth. It is God's will that his purposes are revealed in every family, in every life on the face of the earth. In every culture, in every society, in every nation. No matter what the human race is going through, as we see around the world today, no matter the changing circumstances or the difficult circumstances around us, no matter the changing economic trends, no matter the fact that we have a lot of wars going on, we have a lot of natural disasters going on, God's will is to rule in the midst of difficulty. Hallelujah. His will is to rule. God intends to reign. He intends to govern in the affairs of men. Hallelujah. Another thing we need to understand this morning is that the church is the chief instrument through which the will of God and the purposes of the Lord will be revealed on the earth. Even as God intends that he reigns in every culture, in every society, in every nation, in every family, but yet we are not seeing God's purposes fully manifested in cultures, in societies, in communities, and even in families and in the lives of individuals. In full, we are not seeing God's purposes revealed. But God's intention is that through the church, he will make known his purposes. Hallelujah. Through the church, he will enforce his will. The church is God's instrument to to ensure that the power of God, the glory of God, the will of God is made manifest. Hallelujah. In the book of Luke chapter 11 verse 2, Jesus taught his disciples to pray in this manner, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. As in heaven, so in earth. The prayer of Jesus was that the will of God should be manifested on the face of earth as it is in heaven. The decorum that is in heaven, the peace that is in heaven, the prosperity that is in heaven, the glory that is in heaven should be revealed on the face of the earth. But what Jesus was teaching his disciples was this, that it will not be possible for his will to be established Until his church knows how to pray down the will of God. Are you getting me this morning? Even though God intends to bless the nations of the world. Even though God intends to bless families. Even though God intends to bless individuals. Even though heaven has a will for every life on the face of the earth. Until men pray, the will of God will not be made manifest. Until the church knows how to pray the will of God into manifestation it will not be made manifest. God has a will for every person, every family, every church, every community, and every nation on the face of the earth. And my brothers and sisters, it is the responsibility of the church and Christians to discover and enforce that will. Somebody said discover and enforce. To discover. It is your responsibility when you get saved to know what God's will is for your life. The first thing after salvation is to discover the will of God for your life. And then you learn how to discover God's will for your family. And when you know that this is what God wants for me in life, when you know that this is what God wants for family, you enforce it in the place of prayer. Hallelujah. You enforce it by confessing the word of God. You enforce it by taking a position in the realms of the spirit. Hallelujah. Christians, have the responsibility to discover and enforce that will. The reason why we must discover that will and enforce it, my brothers and sisters, is because we have a deadly and a diabolical enemy whose malice and wickedness against the human race and against the church keeps increasing as we come to the close of the age. You need to discover the will of God for your life and enforce it. Because you have a bad, a wicked enemy, a deadly enemy. First Peter chapter 5 verse 8 says, be sober, be vigilant. In other words, make sure you are awake. You are, you are conscious of what is going on around you. There are many Christians today, they are not conscious of their spiritual environment. They are not conscious of the activities around them. They slumber and sleep when they should be awake. They are not alert. Many Christians become the casualties of the enemy because they are not sober. They are not vigilant. The word vigilant comes from the word to have a vigil. In other words, to be awake even throughout the night. To be conscious of what is going on around you. Many Christians are distracted. They are consumed with the world. They are so taken with this world that they forget that God has commanded us through his apostle Peter to be sober, to be vigilant. The Bible says why? Because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Verse 9 says, whom resist steadfast in defeat. The Bible says, the Bible encourages sobriety and vigilance because we have an adversary. And this adversary is not an ordinary adversary. Your enemy is not your neighbor. Hallelujah. Your enemy is not your mother-in-law who does not love you. Hello? Your enemy is not an somewhere in the village or somebody in your, in your family that hates you. Be sober. Be vigilant because your adversary, his name is the devil. Your enemy is the devil. Walk it about seeking whom he may devour. When you look at the phrase, whom he may devour, it means that there are some people he cannot devour. He may. When you are sober, when you are vigilant, you cannot be devoured. When you are alert, when you know that you have an enemy, you cannot be devoured. He is seeking those whom he may devour. In Revelation chapter 12, verse 10, the Bible calls him, The accuser of the brethren. He is your enemy. He accuses you daily before God. Trying to bring up accusations even in your own mind of past sins and failures. Some people are limited in their fight against the enemy of their soul, the devil. Because the enemy brings up accusations in their minds. They are accused. Their conscience is condemned. So they cannot stand up. When they want to speak, the devil tells them about what they have been doing in the past. And because of that, you know, they are unable to fight the good fight of faith. In Revelation chapter 12, verse 12, the word of God states, Woe to the inhabitants of the earth, of the earth and of the sea. For the devil is come down unto you, having great wrath, because he knoweth that he hath but a short time. The Bible said, the devil has but a short time. His end is coming soon. His judgment is near. And because of that, he walks with great wrath against you. Against you. As you look at me, the devil is your adversary. He's walking against you, scheming and plotting evil. When God said, the thoughts I think towards you are good and evil, the enemy said, the thoughts I think towards you are good. When God says, the thoughts I think towards you are good, to bring you to an expected And the enemy says, the thoughts I think are bad. To destroy you, that's the enemy. Bible says he has a great wrath, knowing that he has but a short time. Brothers and sisters, it is clear from our reading of the word of God that Christians have a wicked, malicious, deadly, diabolical, cruel, and evil enemy who does not only oppose and fight us as a body of believers, but personalizes his fight against us. When you read the scripture, the Bible says in first Peter. Chapter 5, verse 8, we just read. In verse, nine, verse 8, it says, Your adversary, your adversary, the devil. You should underline that in the Bible. It is speaking to you, your adversary, not your brother, you. If you see the devil that way, we, when they make palaver with people, will we'll stop quietly. People are not your adversary. There is nowhere in the scripture when the Bible says, hate your enemies. Talking about you, He says, love them, bless them. But when it comes to the devil, the Bible says, resist him, rebuke. Whenever Jesus saw demons, and he cast them out. He never tolerated them. He never dialogued with them. So he is the enemy of the Lord and he becomes your enemy. Hallelujah. We must understand that we are not to be passive. In our fight against the evil intentions, the plots, the plans, and the programs of the devil against us, but the Bible says in First Peter chapter five verse nine eight, "Whom resist steadfast in the faith, resist him as you maintain your faith in God. Resist him as you maintain your walk with God. Resist him as you continue being a Christian. Don't backslide. Resist the devil. Stand in your faith. Stand in your conviction." Resist the devil, stand as a Christian, stand upon the word of God. When the devil comes against you, you confess the word, you declare the word, and you rebuke the devil, and you resist the devil. You tell him this is not what God was God's word says concerning my situation. Don't be passive, don't be laid back, don't be complacent. We have a lot of complacent Christians in our age today. Laid back, television Christians. When you receive your vision from the television, the devil can control your life. Resist! When you see things happening around, you know that the enemy has been scheming. He has been plotting. You see, the devil is a long-time planner. He mimics God. He apes God. God is a long-time planner. And the devil is also a long-time planner. So he copies God. The devil can study you for 50 years to kill you one day. He will look for a slack moment in your life and hit. He is a patient devil. Hallelujah. When you read your Bible, when you study the word of God, we realize that God has established prayer as a means of grace through which the church and individual Christians could exercise the authority over the devil and all his evil works and enforce the will and victory of God, of Calvary on the earth. God has established that prayer which is a means of grace be utilized in our fight against the enemy. Prayer is a very essential element in the war of the Christian life. Essential element, crucial. So, what is prayer? We can have many definitions, but for the purposes of this message, prayer is a divinely appointed means of communication. Divinely appointed. A communication that transcends the natural physical barriers into the natural, into the supernatural spiritual world. It moves. Prayer is a communication. That moves from the natural physical into the supernatural spiritual. Hallelujah. I want you to understand that God dwells in heaven. And prayer is the means through which you can bridge the barriers existing between our world and His dwelling place. God dwells in heaven. Luke chapter 11, verse 2 says, When you pray, say, Our Father who art in heaven, who dwells in heaven. So if we are to reach this God that dwells in heaven who said to us in Jeremiah 33 verse 3 Call unto me and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Jesus says, Prayer is the telephone line to heaven. Prayer grants you access to heaven. Prayer is the bridge that connects the natural to the supernatural. You can have access into the divine presence in the place of prayer. There are times every one of us have here, might have a testimony that when you pray, you sense God. You know that God is here. Nobody needs to tell you. You sense his presence. You have the assurance of his power, his provision, his protection. Because why? Prayer is divinely appointed. It is God that called us to prayer. It is Jesus that establishes as a means of communication. He says, When you pray, not if you pray. When you pray, say our Father who art in heaven. God is located in a place beyond the reach of men. But prayer can bring God down to men. Hallelujah! It says, Call unto me, and I will answer thee. Show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Great. There are times we want to know, but we don't, you know, we fail to pray. There are times we want answers, but we are not praying. Hallelujah. The necessity of prayer. Prayer prayer is necessary. The necessity of prayer. Number one, prayer is necessary because Jesus is the greatest example of a life dependent on the power of prayer. Jesus, the Son of God. The Almighty who came down in the flesh is the greatest example of a life dependent on the power of prayer. That's what makes prayer necessary, number one. When you look at the life of Jesus, Jesus prayed and fasted at the beginning of his earthly ministry. Matthew chapter 4 and Luke chapter 4 verse 2. Matthew 4 2, Luke 4 2. When he started his earthly ministry, Jesus started with prayer. We have a song that we used to sing. Prayer is the key, prayer is the key. Prayer is the master's key. Jesus started with prayer and ended with prayer. Prayer is the master's key. The secret of Jesus' success was his prayer life. Are you getting me? Jesus started with prayer. Jesus did not venture into his ministry until he prayed. And he backed his prayer up with 40 days fast. He prayed and received grace and enablement. That was why Jesus was victorious. Anything that is not built on prayer will not last. Anything, no matter what, your family life, your marriage, your career, your business, your academics, whatever you do, if it is not built on prayer, it will not last. It will not produce the result that God intends. Anything. If you don't believe, stop praying. See what will happen to you. Strange things will start happening around you. Uncontrollable
1: events.